Some people claim that the atrocities we commit in our fiction are those inner desires which we cannot commit in our controlled civilization. So they are expressed instead through our art. I don't agree. I believe heaven and hell are one and the same. The soul belongs to heaven and the body to hell. Welcome to the Blasphemous Cinema Podcast. I'm your host, Jake, and with me today is, of course, my trustworthy co-host, Addison. How are we doing today, Addison? We're doing just fine. That is great. Um, So, today we are back to discuss Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, which is pretty widely regarded amongst the disturbing and fucked up movie community. Um very much kind of a cult classic. A lot of people have this movie in high regards. Lots of controversy when it was released and stuff like that. And it also takes takes place in Chicago. You know, I live close to Chicago and um, there's a lot of cool things I've seen in this movie and there's a joke in the movie I really love that connects to Chicago. I bet um, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> I, yeah. Um, so... This movie came out in 86, well, at the Chicago International Film Festival, and then was slightly released in the late, well, 1990. So, um, it's supposed to be American, it's this American psychological horror crime film. Um, I originally saw this movie probably about like two years ago now. Um, and I thought it was alright. Um, and I'm sitting here just watching it today. And I found it a little bit more enjoyable, but I still think it's a, above average. It's not anything too crazy to write home about. Um, what did yeah. you think, Edison? Uh, I'm kind of... I'm in the middle of the road with it just because I like that they were going through that docu-realism kind of style and also like how it was trying to be like highbrow exploitation film kind of stuff. And it's also supposedly didn't get like released till the nineties widely because they had to argue at the MPAA a lot with ratings Mm -hmm. because they couldn't, they couldn't do rated R and they'd send in multiple cuts apparently. And they said none of them qualified for rated R. Yeah. And I was, Oh no, I thought I was fascinated by that and everything, but uh, I guess the movie itself I'm pretty conflicted about, not because of, the disturbing material, but more like narrative stuff and character motivations, I think are pretty uh, kind of, I guess, underbaked in a lot of areas, but I do like how it's kind of artsy in terms of being a disturbing film. It is disturbing, but they actually tried to make it a little highbrow artsy kind of stuff in some spots. Yeah. And like kind of going off what you're saying, um, I do feel like there is some, definitely some problems with the structure and of the plot and stuff because there's times where i feel like there's just like scenes that are kind of just thrown together mm-hmm. and then times where it's like okay you're going for an identity here then you just have a couple scenes thrown together and then it just kind of goes back and forth sometimes not to like a drastic point where like oh my god this movie's shit but it's just like obviously it's just not very well just completely thought out um then I on top it of rushed. it too yeah, I, I kind of agree with that, too. Um, then on top of it, there's parts where this movie, like, you know, it gets pretty adventurous in terms of its, like, stylistic direction. 
then there's points where it just like no style or anything whatsoever and it just kind of feels like like you were saying kind of like the docu-realism series you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. um, that was what i was conflicted about sometimes because sometimes it would be like docu-realism style and it's like all right are we going for the docu-realism style or are we going for the artsy highbrow style of like exploitation films sometimes do and it kept switching back and forth between them like it wanted to be realistic yeah. but then at the same time it didn't and yeah i don't know it was made for only like one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars. the whole movie was yeah it's so i kind of get why it could be rushed i'm sure they were doing a lot of guerrilla filmmaking going on here mm-hmm. <laughs> um so i mean i'm sitting at like kind of you know i i liked it this time more around than i did the first but there definitely is, you know, I do have some issues with that, like that we just stated. And it seems like, you know, you're kind of in the same boat as me. Um, but I will say, you know, like there's some pretty, it's also kind of conflicting about this too, because like, you know, there's times where like the movie will hint at disturbing stuff, but will never show it. Mm-hmm. Then they'll show a lot of fucked up stuff, but it just kind of goes back and forth in between that. Um, yeah, I was actually hoping they were going to avoid the uh, showing any of the killings because I, I liked at the beginning how they were just showing basically the aftermath of the killings and all these bodies and stuff that were always very, I guess, uh, like staged to kind of look yeah. like photographs and pictures that were painted, like very artsy, like I was saying. But, you know, they kind of quickly throw that away. I kind of like the idea of never actually seeing the the violence, but they... Uh, that's not what they did <laughs> but yeah. at first they were going for that and i was like oh that could be cool to actually like dissect a serial killer without actually showing mm-hmm. how he does it but you just see the aftermath so you never really see any of the killings but that never happened so no yeah i mean it's just pretty much just kind of hinted at the beginning then it happens maybe one or two more times like spread out throughout the film mm-hmm. um so I say let's get into the actual, you know, plot and everything of this movie. So obviously, you know, spoiler warning for, you know, we're going to get into the narrative. So the movie opens up with basically like Henry kind of like driving around and doing his own thing. But it's like weaving in all these people that he's killed. And like, you know, you see a. Like, the first one is a naked woman in a forest, you know, dead, covered in blood. Then you have an, el- like, at the end of the montage, you have a um, a couple of elderly people killed in a liquor store. So he's kind of just, like, you know, driving around. Then you get these glimpses of his murders as he's going around. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really liked it. I really did. It just, it, like we said, it kind of just, like... It does that for the opening scene and it just kind of ditches it. Yeah, I like the montage of the opening scene. And like you said, I mean, it's just, it kind of gave me a weird feeling where I was like, okay, cool. This might actually kind of uh, dissect it a little bit. But yeah, they quickly abandoned that because I guess that was just supposed to be the intro. And I was like, well, damn, I kind of was hoping they were going for that the whole way. Mm-hmm. It feels like Londres, uh Von Trier watched this movie for the house that Jack built. I, uh, yeah, there's definitely points where, like, I'm like, yeah, I can definitely see where people have been inspired from this movie. I will say, you know, even just like from the get go, 
um, Michael Rooker, um, Rooker, Rooker, it's Rooker, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He does such an excellent job as just really just coming off as kind of like a cold-hearted killer. He and was like kind of the actor. And all the mannerisms, like, you know, just like literally just watching him drive around and like his deadpan stare of like stalking victims. And, you know, when he's at the diner and he like, you know, he's he's about to leave and he says to the woman, you have a nice smile mm-hmm. and like that stuff. It's just like it feels like all these just so precise in how you would actually view a, a serial killer. Yeah. And. I really, I mean, that's just the beginning of his performance, and it gets super good. He gives um, a very nuanced performance. Like, it's very detailed, but nuanced, and I enjoy that a lot. Yeah. No one else really brings their A-game to the acting in this movie, except for him. <laughs> and then, so, like, you know, going from that is, so we get introduced to Otis, which is Henry's friend, roommate, Um, and Otis is picking up his sister Becky at the O'Hare International Airport. Um, and so he takes her back with, you know, it's, he tries to ask her something and she's about to cry. And obviously, you know, something has put her in this position where, you know, she has to come stay with him. And, you know, you find out that she had like a fallout with her marriage. Um, and so she's coming back with Otis to stay at her place. So. You have, you know, she meets um, Henry, and Henry's kind of, you know, not super, like, friendly at first. Like, you know, he's just kind of... He's off-putting a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, So, then there's a point where, like, you know, Becky's asking him, like, you know, how did you meet Henry and stuff like that? And he's like, well, you know, I was, I was in prison with him. And she's like, well, what did he do? And he's like, you don't want to know. And he's, she's like, oh, come on, what did he do? And he's like, he killed his mama. And she's like, no, he didn't. And he's like, you don't want to know. And he, she's like, what did he do? And he's like, I told you the second time. I told you. So it's like, you know, she can't really believe it, wrap her hand or head around it. And Otis specifically tells her, like, do not tell him I told you that so then you get the first time where you get to have Becky and Henry sit down and actually talk to each other and not even that long you, she's already spilling her whole like life story yeah she does not waste a beat in like yeah. unloading on this dude and I was like wow just share. and I've, I feel like the only reason why was because she found out that he kind of probably had a trouble past. So he's like, she's like, all right, let me just dump this shit on him so we can have something relatable. Yeah. And she was trying to get it out of him. Yeah. So she basically tells the story about how growing up, she never had a great relationship with her father and, you know, she was molested several times and stuff like that. And um, her mother wouldn't really help her yeah she wouldn't do anything about it so she's basically like you know i never had a good relationship with my father and henry you know she's like to henry so i heard you killed your mother and he's like who told you that and stuff like that but he's like yeah and then he starts going into the backstory so 
basically his mother had was kind of in his words a whore but so he would she would bring in um men and she would make henry watch and when he wouldn't watch he would beat her beat him um yeah, I mean, he was basically molested, too, just yeah. psychologically. And, you know, she made him wear a dress sometimes, and they would laugh at him while they were doing it, stuff like that. And so one night, they got into an argument on his 14th birthday, and so you get some conflicting things here. You know, Otis tell, told Becky that he bashed her head in with a baseball bat. Henry tells Becky that he stabbed her then short after tells her that he shot her and then she's like i thought you said you stabbed her he's like yeah yeah it gives me like mad killing joke vibes yes he like he's crazy and you know that something happened with his mom you know he killed her but it's like he wants that i choose to have my past as multiple choice like he can just say whatever he wants but you kind of get the gist i mean he definitely killed her but there's no telling how he actually did it. Yeah. Um, so then Otis comes back to the um, apartment and, you know, they're just all s- sitting down. And this is when you start to find out some really f- just, even with the context of Becky's past, it makes it even worse that her brother is making like incestuous passes at her. Like, you know, boasting about the fact that, you know, she used to dance naked at a club. She wasn't really dancing naked, but she would, like, dance at a club. And, you know, he would, he basically, you know, was kind of just making fun of her for being kind of that, like, sex worker type thing. Then when she gets him a beer, he grabs her and leans in to kiss her. And then that's when Henry kind of snaps and grabs Otis by the neck and yanks him back and don't ever do that and stuff like that. And it kind of sets Otis in his place. It's such a weird narrative choice too. Like that was part of the part of the stuff that I started like kind of railing off with this movie where I was like, ah, this is kind of dumb because it's like when I, I know about the Henry Lee Lucas, the real one. Yeah. And it's weird that they wanted to do this about him as a serial killer and make it in a docu realism style. But then they have like all these details and all this weird nuances about them that are completely wrong, that are nothing like the real Henry Lee Lewis. Like, yes, when he was with Otis, they were in Florida, not in Chicago. And the only reason he had to flee to Chicago was because Henry was accused of sexually abusing his like sex, his like stepdaughter in the first relationship. And then he fled like he fled that relationship, went to another one and got accused of abusing someone else in that one. And that's when he had to flee to Florida to be with Otis. And that was one of my issues with the narration and stuff, the narrative of this film and the motivation of characters. I didn't understand why they made Henry like this moral standpoint of you can't do that to your sister, where it's like the real life Henry is probably just as fucked up as Otis. And I don't think you should be doing a portrait of a serial killer and making him the moral standpoint of the movie. Yeah. So, like, I mean, that's a, so he draws the line at that, but he's over here like just hacking people up. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what we're going to get into. Like, you know, there is, as we more get into part of like the depths of this movie towards the end, 
there's clear indication what they wanted to do with Henry here. And in terms of the direction, they kind of wanted to show him as he might have some humanity in him, in him but they end up like, you know, it goes down a different path. But like, that is truly what they wanted to do. They wanted to show that, you know, Henry oh, yeah. does have some humanity in him, but he really doesn't at the end. Um, so, yeah. I kind of agree what you're saying and stuff like that. It's obviously just they just wanted to do that. That was the whole purpose of. And I kind of agree with lines of you. It just like, it almost feels like you know they kind of had nothing really like to stir up a pot a plot. So they're like, all right, let's do this plot with um, Otis and like you know do have his sister and then like try, try to do this thing. And trying to weave in a theme of serial killers possibly having humanity, and yeah, and then the whole the, just the whole sexual abuse thing. Like it's like you could have done this story about anyone, and it could have even been a fictitious serial killer. But why yeah. is the real Henry Lee Lucas? And also, like all the accounts that they base this movie off of are all of his recanted confessions. They're not even ones that he actually truly did in real life. So it's yeah. another thing where it's like this movie basically is like total fiction, even though the tagline for it is the, the true story of Henry Lee Lucas. And it's so weird to me because it's so just rushed and also just so messily put together. Yeah. Um, and then so you kind of also gravitate towards the fact that, hey, Becky might actually have a thing for Henry right now, too. So now Becky gets a job. Um and so, you know, that evening, you know, when this whole thing happens, you know, Becky's like, all right, guys, go, go drink, grab a drink, you know, and then like, oh, it's like, all right, let's go do that. But, you know, they go pick up two prostitutes. And so they go back and buy in this alleyway. And in the back seat, Henry starts to strangle the prostitute, the prostitute up front starts to freak out and Henry kills the prostitute in the back and then just snaps the neck of the prostitute in the front and just grabs the bodies and dumps them in the alleyway. And Otis has no idea. Like he is like completely in shock. He has no idea what to do. Um, this is the first time they actually show Henry do the violence in the movie too. Yes. With the alleyway. Um, and you know, Henry's like, you've never killed someone before? And he's like, well, I have, just not in this not in this way, basically. It's like not like just killing to kill. Um, and Henry basically tells him, you know, it's a us or them world. And basically, what are you going to do? Is it going to be us or them? And kind of Otis kind of ends up falling into that notion. Um, so or Otis kind of worries about how, um, you know, they might get caught, but Henry obviously knows how to work around the system right now. He goes to, into a whole explainer basically saying, you know, as long as you do a stabbing here, um, a choking here, a gunshot here, and you do it in different places. There's no pattern, so the cops won't pick it up. I mean, obviously, that's with a lot of serial killers back then. That's pretty evident. Yeah, know? he basically just said, "Do it 
completely random and he was like never use the same weapon never yep. use the same gun never do the same like methodology and never dispose the body in the same way and there's no way they will ever trace you yeah i mean i really like that they added that here too because it does seem like back in the day that was kind of true because a lot of these serial killers never really got a lot of the notorious ones never really got caught for a while well that that new dude god what's his name the one that just got convicted of like over 90 killings yes was what he did he was a truck he was a truck driver a long-haul truck driver and he would just do different shit in different states and then just come back home and act like nothing happened and no one ever knew who was doing these crimes and then all of a sudden he finally got convicted off dna and stuff but he had like over 90 victims exactly yeah with possibly more even yeah it's just like so kind of goes to show i mean nowadays most likely you know that a lot of it's easier to catch people like this now then it's kind of laid out for them he's like if you really want to do this follow these guidelines back in the 80s and you'll you'll be good yeah um so otis um we just get the scene of otis destroying his tv after it goes goes haywire and yeah, just won't be on the right station yeah and he's like well let's go shopping <laughs> so they go to this place this like basically like this almost like i don't even know how you what's the word for it like, he's definitely like a third back, party back lot back, yeah, yeah back lot seller of tvs and stuff um and so he's like, what can we get for 50 bucks? And it's like this really small TV that has no color. And he's like, all right, well, we're looking for color. And he's like, well, you're not going to get anything for color for $50. And they find a camcorder. And he's like, well, I'll give you that for 500 And then he's like, what well, you got for 150 And he's like, well, I have this. And then he's like, well, guys, what do you want? Do you guys want a 13-inch? You want a 19-inch? You want a... a um, zenith do you want a sony and it's just like it's kind of like a funny yeah it's i I really like that it's like a drug dealing scene but with tvs (laughs) yep and so he's like all right i guess we'll just go and he's like no and he's the seller's like basically like fuck you give me my 50 dollars you just wasting my time and henry grabs a um a tool on the thing and stabs him in the arm Otis gets behind him and starts basically like holding his, basically putting him in a, um, he's like strangling with the yeah. wire, isn't he? Yeah. Oh yeah. He's pretty, yeah. He brings out the wire and he starts strangling with the wire and Henry keeps on stabbing him in the, um, in the abdominal area. Then Otis, wait, was it Otis that grabbed the TV? No, Henry grabbed the TV. Henry grabs the TV and smashes it on his head. And, you know, he's just pouring blood. And Henry's like, plug it in. Yeah. And then, dude, I love this kill. He plugs the TV in and just like obviously electrocutes a little bit on his head. It's so super bloody and everything. I, I really love this scene. That's and one so- of those conflicting scenes for me also. Because it's like, it's so stylized. And, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, you would see this and like, a giallo film or something like ridiculous kind of slasher film where it's like yeah hit him with the tv and then turn it on it's like why are we going for this docu-realism style right now and then it's like all of a sudden you have this tv kill scene and i highly doubt the real henry lee lucas did a tv killing (laughs) on some (laughs) random third-party television vendor it's stuff like that that just randomly pops up in the movie and i'm just like 
this is like yeah. the weird exploitative side of it it's like what what was even the, the reason behind this <laughs> yeah no i get that and you even saying that it's like yeah, you really just really kill a third party <laughs> to seller. I mean, it's kind of like, yeah, he probably didn't. And, you know, if they kind of just wanted to go just like a random serial killer and just like do like this whole stylized movie and killings like that, it probably would have been better. And it probably would have been a lot more fun. And, probably would have got a wide release too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they steal the camcorder and then, you know, they go home and they have this little thing where they're just... You know, just dancing around doing shit at the camcorder. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you also learn that Otis is kind of on parole right now, so he has to go in once a month, um, check in with his uh, parole officer. But he's also selling drugs on the side. And so he sets up this deal with this teenage boy, and he's basically selling him. He's like, all right, you want to try this shit? He's like, yeah, sure, why not? Then Otis puts his hand on the teenage boy's thigh, and the teenage boy socks him in the mouth. Um, yeah, and he and, just runs off. He's like, fucking perv. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he gets back. Otis is like, you know, he's just trying to mess with his nose and stuff. And Henry's like, well, you can't kill him. It's a teenage boy. And obviously, people have seen you together. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, he's like, let's go for a ride. <laughs> he's like, he's like, and then Otis is like, man, I sure like to kill somebody. He's like, Henry's like, say that again. He's like, I like to kill somebody. He's like, all right, let's go for a ride. And so he goes, they go down into this um, abandoned, well, not really abandoned. It's just like this, this underpass, basically, mm-hmm. in downtown Chicago. They get someone to come over and like try to check out their car. And then they just, they shoot him several times and that's that they just leave <laughs> yeah um it's like then... so quotable in that way because like there's like so many scenes in this movie where henry says like a little one-off line oh yeah and it's, it's kind of weird like that because it's like yeah, what kind is. of serial killer movie does that <laughs> yes and like i think that's like what people like about this movie the most too is like there is a lot of comedy aspects to this movie um but it's like you know it's just going off the fact that like dude it is very conflicting it's like what movie do we want to do here that's what i mean they played him out like an anti-hero and i don't really yes. think that's the way to go about calling a movie that's a portrait of a serial killer is making him out like some kind of anti-hero with a moral compass i agree yeah or he's like spitting one-liners out and all this kind of stuff i don't know it just it just weirds me out because i know it's get supposed to be an exploitation film because it came out in 86 and yeah. all that and it's you know meant to be very shock value it's kind of just meant that was when all the counterculture and stuff in film kept going up and everything i don't know it just still conflicts me because it's like i just don't really feel like that's how a movie like this should be portrayed yeah. we have so much serial content now like especially in our society today this is nothing that you couldn't see on probably like the id channel or any documentary on netflix but mm-hmm. At the same time, it's like since we have so much serial killer content, there's also so many like misses. Like, not every oh, serial killer. I would movie. say like a majority of them are misses. Oh uh, yeah, I mean you know you got like the what the Zac Efron like Ted Bundy movie like it's which was like awful. totally just yeah it was like totally stupid like Jeremy Renner's Dahmer movie and then that other 
fucking kid from Disney Channel did that My Friend Dahmer movie that seemed like a fucking Netflix special. Like, not every serial killer movie can be, like, Zodiac or, like, Son of Sam or, you know, even the House of Jack. Seven, like, stuff like, like that. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, like, Seven. Like, there's, like, so many bangers, but at the same time, I don't there's know. There's just a lot of people who... Just make them. There's also... Stuff. I feel like a lot of people do understand serial killers, but people don't understand how to make a good serial killer film. Yeah. Like, the, the I guess the way, the way I judge serial killer movies especially just with all the content out now and just how much it's just glorified and everything. It's like how they spin the narrative around them and Mm -hmm. like how you actually, I guess, look at them under a lens. And I don't really, I just never really see that happening. And I really was hoping Henry Portrait of Serial Killer was going to be a different story for that. I mean, I just knew that it was so infamous and like had so many different like, I don't know, champions, even Roger Ebert champions this movie. So I was mm-hmm. kind of like, I was like, okay, maybe this could be maybe like another house to Jack built kind of thing or something like that. But I was disappointed in that respect. It's very yeah. hard to get serial killer movies right, it seems like. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, so then you get introduced to um, one of the first, first real like kind of extreme killings they do together um and they're watching this camcord session of a home invasion they did and so henry's recording and it gets pretty like you know it does get pretty disturbing um, apparently that's the scene that everyone has an issue with like that's the one that disturbed most audience members that's the one where people got up out from the film festival and stuff like that. Like, oh yeah, yeah apparently the home invasion scene is the is the one and then, you know, the the other scene later on in the movie was also yeah. uh, a big trigger for a lot of people, too, understandably. Yeah. So um, Henry's recording and, you know, they, you know, Otis is sexually assaulting this woman. It never gets to the point of rape, but it, he is very much sexually assaulting this person. And you, Henry pans and you have the husband down the floor with the a bag over his head. Um, then randomly, a, the son comes home. Mm-hmm. And the son actually puts up like a decent fight against Henry. And then Henry just ends up snapping his neck. And it just, and Otis snaps the neck of the wife and then starts kind of being a necrophiliac. Yeah, <laughs> and that was another thing that was weird to me because like, I get it. Nobody wants to see that. And yeah, like I, I get all that, and I'm not trying to fend for the fact that the film should have shown him sexually assaulting a dead body. But what I'm saying is, I think it's dumb that they made again Henry this moral standpoint character where he's like, No, yeah, don't do that. And it's like, Why do they make Henry just draw the line at these exactly? Yeah. But he's over yeah. here, he just killed a child, but <laughs> now, but now all of a sudden, he has a problem with defacing the dead body. It's like. It's so yeah. conflicting on how they were writing his character, and it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, and so obviously they kill the the dad as well. Yeah, um, and so Otis, like you know, you kind of see him. He keeps on freaking. He just keeps on rewatching this thing, just rewatching, rewinding, slowing, slowing it down. Yeah, I think Otis is actually like the like the worst character, one of the worst characters I've ever seen 
in cinema history. Like I absolutely <laughs> He's one of the worst characters. I literally despise his character. Like I feel like the whole movie could have even been made without his character even involved. Oh. I, I literally that's another thing. I actually just despise the fact that he's even in the movie. Like I think yeah. you could take his whole character and everything about his character out of the movie and you could still have this whole film's narrative and everything. Mm-hmm. He so. just extra shock value in there just for no reason. Like close yeah. to like the Serbian film kind of shock value for no reason. Mm-hmm. For sure. And so you have this. Well, Becky quits her job. So mm-hmm. then you have Otis and Henry. You know, you get the scene where basically they're just roaming around Chicago, just filming female pedestrians. And Otis actually hits an object. The camera gets messed up and throws out the window and they get to an argument and drops off Otis. Whatever. Yeah, he just lets it out on the yeah. street. He's like, go get a beer. <laughs> um, So Becky tells Henry her plans and, you know, Henry's very much debating leaving Chicago with her. Mm-hmm. Um, Becky tries to seduce him, but is interrupted by Otis. And Henry's very much like awkward, awkwarded out. And it's like, yeah, they made him very a, like an asexual character in this movie. He's, yeah. he's never like, he's never trying to do anything. Sex- even when, she's coming on to him. He just seems very put off by it. And I think that was them alluding to just, I guess the damage or trauma that comes from a parent, like the mm-hmm. mom when she was abusing him and everything. Yes. Um, so Henry's like, all right, I gotta go get some cigarettes, um, get some air. And Becky's obviously like, no, you don't have to go and stuff like that, but he does. And so like, you get one of my favorite <laughs> moments in the movie. <laughs> He's at the he's at the um the corner store, and he's buying cigarettes. And as after he's done, the guy's like, "How about them bears?" And Henry looks at him, "Fuck the bears!" <laughs> it's such a random it's fucking so, line. It's it, it just like, dude, it's so random, but it's so hilarious at the same time. I'm so glad like this part exists because it just. I don't know. I, I, I love it. It's, it's one just, of those inner spice like bears. comedic yeah. that's just thrown in. It's just injected into the movie, and you're just like, yeah. again, why? Yeah. <laughs> um. So. I knew you would like go, that scene. Yeah. Though. As soon as I saw it, I was like, I bet this is like Jake's favorite scene in the whole movie. So, <laughs> and you know, it's weird because like you go from that very comedic thing to something that's you know pretty fucked up right afterwards. Um, yeah, it's like they added it in also just to completely offset the amount of shock value that was about to come through. Yes. So as soon as Henry starts leaving for the apartment, he starts seeing that freaking Otis is starting to rape his sister. Um, and it gets pretty, you know, it gets pretty disturbing. Yeah. Um, and so Henry finally gets in and fights Otis and Becky ends up grabbing a screwdriver. No, it wasn't a screwdriver. It, it was, was a comb. A, yeah, it was a comb knife. Yeah. And sticks in his eye and then Henry grabs the thing and starts stabbing, stabbing him repeatedly and repeatedly and repeatedly until he dies. So Becky's obviously freaking out um, and 
Henry's like, let me think, let me think, let me think. Um, and you just get the scene of Henry just in the bathroom having Otis's body laid over the, the tub and, and yeah. he's just sawing away at his head, puts his head in the bag and starts sawing away at the other body parts, which I thought it was like, dude, if you, if I was Becky and I knew you were literally sawing Otis in the other room, wouldn't you get a fu- as far away from this person as possible? Oh, Becky is like has this weird like crush on Henry, and I don't even think she was really. She was so naive that she was just you know kind of like oh he would never do that to me kind of thing. That's yeah. what it seemed like. I mean this, it's just such a depraved movie in that way. That that actually that saw scene actually kind of reminded me of uh, another serial killer movie. I think it was called The Golden Glove. Uh-huh. That one was messed up too. It was about some. I think it was about. It was some serial killer in Europe. I think, Germany. Okay. Maybe? But yeah, there's like a scene where you actually full on the movie starts off with this dude like sawing somebody up, uh-huh. and it kind of goes for that docu realism, kind of just really gross style that this movie goes for. Yeah, I mean, also to mention, you know, this movie is pretty dirty. Like, it's very much. Covered in filth, I would say. Like, oh, yeah, it's, it's depraved. I mean, it's yeah. literally just grimy and depraved the whole time. So, Henry and Becky leave their apartment, and Henry stops by a river and, you know, dumps all of Otis's body parts in the river. Um, And so, you you know, they're talking, like, where are we going? And he's like, Henry's like, well, I have a sister in um, San Bernardino, um, she has horses and stuff. We can go there. And Becky, like, stops and says, this is one part I really like, too, is, like, even though it kind of doesn't... Mm, I, I mean, it goes into the theme, even if it doesn't what kind of work. It goes into the theme of what they're going for here. Becky says, I love you, Henry. And he's like, I guess I love you, too. <laughs> and so they stop at a motel. And so... They're about to go to bed, and Henry's like, we should go to bed. And you see them leave the next morning, and it's only Henry. And he stops by the road, waits for a car to pass by, and gets out a bloody suitcase, and obviously he killed back Yeah, then. it was her suitcase. Yeah, so and like the whole point the here, road. the whole point here was to obviously show that you know, Henry might have some humanity, but it just, you know, it, do- it doesn't last. He obviously just ends up killing Becky, the only person that he's quote-unquote sympathized for so far and everything. I really and, like that shot, though. When he oh, it's so good. The suitcase he, just the suitcase, yeah. And so that's kind of where the movie ends. I mean, it's pretty short. I mean, it's only like 80-something minutes, right? Yeah, 83 minutes, yeah. Um... So yeah, base kind of going with your comparison to not comparison, but just the house of Jack built at the end. You know the whole the whole symbolism of you know can um, Jack be absolved from the crimes he's committed? He can't. Yeah, and you know in this one he's like you know does Henry truly have humanity? No, he doesn't. Um, 
I really like that idea, but I just don't know if it entirely works with this story that they wanted to do. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of my problem with it too. I mean, like like I said, I don't really get the point in trying to do it on an actual serial killer and try and claim it's a true story and, and yeah, there and try and you know give them these these moral parts of himself, like still give him morality in general, and then also go about trying to have these very, I guess, away a conversation about humanity. I just don't understand the point in doing all of that in the terms with this film, especially with all the added stuff and fictitious stuff and dramatized stuff they added in there. I don't know. It just all feels misplaced to me. Like, I I wasn't fully expecting this to be, like, full-on just realism style showing you just how messed up someone like this is and everything, but I just yeah. not expecting them to go on these escapades of trying to give him morality and then also examine his like some part of humanity they might have i just didn't understand the point in doing any of that like yeah he's a serial killer like it doesn't matter <laughs> yeah um do you kind of understand why i was kind of like hesitant because like i've already seen this before you had it yeah and i was like you do understand guy well, i was like and eh, maybe it's not like you know the great this because i know that you might not love it understandably yeah um i mean i'm i'm so glad we watched and talked about on the pod um for sure you know i'm i definitely did like it a little bit more the second time and who knows maybe i'll watch it again in the future but um there's definitely better out there um it's also crazy henry lee lucas confessed to like over 600 murders and basically claimed that he was committing about one murder per week yeah um, it but then a lot out, of those were recanted. <laughs> yeah, it turned like the vast majority of his claims turned out to be false. Mm-hmm. Um, That's because they would sit there. I found out. I looked it up or whatever. But apparently, the Texas Rangers, when he was arrested and everything, they would give him steak dinners, milkshakes, yeah. TV time, all this yeah. for every confession that he gave about yeah. an unsolved crime. Yeah. So he was literally just confessing to all these random murders, so he can just, just have yeah. all this nice yeah. shit. Yeah. <laughs> And it's like, do you not realize what kind of like, like were you guys not smart? <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah. Like it's kind of the same shit. But the the Ice Man, like he com- he committed a lot of murders and he was a hitman and everything. But he also completely, like, just took credit for a lot of killings that there's no way that he yeah. did. And that was another movie that they tried to make that was just a bad serial killer movie. The fucking Iceman also. It's also, it's like, you know, dude, with a lot of these serial killers, you'd think that would make actually great serial killer movies. They just don't make good ones. They just don't make good ones. And it's just like, what the hell? Yeah, like, the content is there. Like, it's, yeah. you can definitely do some things with it. And that's why I, I'm i kind of, like, weird about movies that try and do realism with serial killer movies. Because it's like, if you're going to do it about the actual serial killer, then do it about the actual serial killer. But if yeah. you're not, then you can just make a fictitious serial killer movie and call it anything like the house that Jack built. It and doesn't that have was to be, yeah. Like the only people I've seen be able to do a realism one that actually has grounds with realism and then observes and like talks about humanity would be like Son of Sam and Zodiac. Other than uh-huh. those two, I have not seen a serial killer movie that was actually about the real people and the real killings actually get something very accurately right. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Um, so I guess, you know, that was, that was that, um, I almost said that was the house of Jack, but, <laughs> but that was Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. Um, 
And I think we're both in agreement what we're going to do next. And that is the New York R- Ripper. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I got the 4K of that. I'm excited to watch that. And wait, you did? Yeah, I bought it. That's cool. That's <laughs> I awesome. bought off Amazon. I was like, I'll get the New York Ripper. I got to watch it anyways. Nice. Um, another Lucio Folsom movie. Um, I'm always excited to watch more of his shit. And I know a lot of people love this one. So apparently, this one's super like controversial also. Yes. Um, got a lot of flack. So, you know, let's hope that's better than this one. <laughs> um, it's faulty. I'm sure it will be. Yeah. Thank you guys, me. as always, for listening to the pod. Thank you, as always. And we will talk to you guys next time. Hell yeah. Peace.